vibes and libido. We are your hosts, Trip and Kiki, the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth. Join us as we delve into all the things you lust, the lies that we tell ourselves, and why our libido drives us to distraction. This is adult-only content, so no kitties under 18, please. Our dialogue is open, honest, and raw. But most of all, we're here to have fun. Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. All right, we're recording. Okay. All right, welcome to another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. I am one half of the dynamic duo. This is Trip. I'm here with my host, Kiki. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. So, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, we have a another topic um, that we want to discuss, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. Um, but I know Kiki had a story that kind of we were talking about, and we're just gonna dive into that, and and then let's let's explore. Let's just see where it goes from there. So, you want to tell tell the people? Okay, so um, what he's talking about is my mom and I were, my mother is a very devout um, Christian. She's, you know, always been very, very heavily involved in the church and, excuse me, you know, to the point of, you know, being um, ministered, ordained as a minister and involved in several different types of ministries. So as you can understand, pretty deeply involved. So her religious beliefs are pretty embedded into what she sees and what she believes. And so one day we were having a conversation about religion and spirituality. And, you know, because I grew up, of course, I grew up under that. So for a long time until really probably about three to four years ago, I've always kind of followed in those same footsteps as far as concerning, you know, spirituality and religion, you know, and then I had an experience with a, um, I don't know if this is going to sound weird, but it was like a, um, it was this huge, it was in a museum. It was a huge, I don't, it wasn't Buddha, but it was a, it was of that line of spirituality. It was one of their statues um, in the, um, what is that religion? Um, what, what is it, Trip? When you know, so, you know, so <laughs> what is that called? Um, you have Buddhism, you have Hindu. I think it is Buddhism. Okay. I think it, yeah, I think it is Buddhism. So it was a statue and it was crazy because when I walked into the room in the library that the statue was in, there was this overwhelming presence and it was, it felt so peaceful and joyful. It was not negative at all. And I was just like blown away. Like I literally stayed in that room for a good 10 minutes because I couldn't believe what I was feeling. And then that just kind of started me on a path of, learning and seeking knowledge about other things, you know, concerning spirituality. So when we were having this discussion with my mother, I was explaining that to her that, you know, I had begun to, you know, look at some other things. I still believe in God. I still believe in Jesus, but I still believe that that might not be the end all be all that I once thought it was because, you know, in another conversation we had, Trip, you asked a very good question. Why, why do we do it? 
why did we practice Christianity? Why? You know, um, you have to look back, you know, and I'm sure Tripp's going to get into that more um, historical part of it, but, you know, why do we practice that? You know, and she at first was kind of like not really feeling what I was saying, you know, because it is when you practice something for so long and that's really all you know, then your opinion, your opinions are going to be pretty straightforward about it. You know, and Absolutely. you're not going to be probably not be too open minded about anything else because this is all I know. Shoot. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds crazy to me, you know, but <clears throat> it does go to why do we do it? Why? Why do we choose the certain religions that we choose or practice the certain aspects of spirituality that we do? You know, um, mm-hmm. so that was we didn't. I told her that we were going to finish that conversation because, you know, I just wanted her to understand that this is my path. You know, she doesn't. Have, that's not something she has to really agree to agree with. But that's this is for me to figure it out, you know. So I thought we would finish that conversation and we have yet to come back to that conversation trip. But, you know, that was kind of the gist of it. And it's it's really cool that you guys had that conversation because it's something we do need to start asking ourselves. And I'm I'm not saying we need to start um, pointing a finger at people and telling them what they're doing is wrong. You know, I'm not encouraging that at all. Just to have a healthy discussion and a healthy dialogue, let's really break down why we believe what we believe. And you may still believe what you want to believe, and that's okay. Yet, just don't come down on me if I choose to believe differently. And that's all we, that's all I ask. So, you know, when we sit here and look at like spirituality, you know, I got, I was, it's funny that you guys, you were having this conversation because I had this conversation uh, with my wife. And, you know, and I got to talking about what if, you know, what if God isn't a guy? What if God is a woman? What would that really do with the foundation of so much that we've built? Like so much of, of what we've built on, we, we, especially in the Christian religion. And I know some people who um, practice Islam. It can be in their religion as well. Uh, a lot of it is so much God the masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 you know, God is, is he, 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 him, him. And very rarely do we recognize the feminine side of divinity. Yet when we look at the history of things and we look at the history of spirituality, um, for mm-hmm. a lot of different societies, the main, um, entity that people worshipped and and cherished was the feminine entity. Yes. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. A lot of, um, you know, you can look in history books and, you know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of historical facts attribute celebration of women, you know, that feminine energy, because she's the mother, she is the giver of life. She, you know, she is the nurturer, she is the healer, you know, so it is, there are a lot of representations where women were once celebrated and not in a, not in a feminist way, you know, like women are, are all that. No, no, it was just an understanding that the feminine nature was a great thing. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like, what would that do 
to our society. If we if we say God made us in, we say usually in his image, but if we say God made us in her image, how we then have to look at women, how we then have to, how it's hard to justify a lot of the, the things we want to say and do and subject women to if our our center um, point of of being is it registers with the feminine it's very hard to do that it's very hard to say you know you can't have abortions because that's against god yet if we say god is a woman we can be like hold on so is that really against god Right. If if a, if a woman was raped and we're and God is a woman, would God want that to, to continue? Right. Right. You know. So it, it changed a whole lot, and it, it, it and that it, yeah. <laughs> the, the the and and I mean, just think right on such an enormous enormous scale, and but it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You know, unless there's like a revolution of some sort. Yeah, it, because it's such a male-dominated society, that's the way that it was purposefully done. Mm-hmm. It was meant to, it was purposefully meant to turn the tide away from the power of women, you know, because, you know, you and I know the same book that we read, um, uh, Lord, what's her name? You gave me, you, you gave me the book. You know what I'm talking about. The book that we both read. She was, um, Oh, um, um, L.A. Banks. Um, no, 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 no. Um, blood, blood and Bones. Um, oh, yeah, Children of Blood and Bones. The Children of Blood and Bones, right. Mm-hmm. That book was phenomenal, like, to the point. I'm going to read it again. Me I'm going to read it again. Yeah. Because I think I read it too fast the first time because it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave it to my mother. I gave it to my mother to read it. Because that was kind of going back to the whole conversation. And I was telling her that when I gave it to her, I was like, I want you to read this book. I was like, this book was it's good. I said, but it also gave me some knowledge and awareness about, you know, African spirituality. Mm-hmm. Because the author does a, a phenomenal job of really breaking that down and helping you to understand a lot about it. You know, I mean, shoot. Africans once worshipped a mother goddess in the Yoruba spiritual system. Exactly. Female. Yeah. Female. You know, and a lot of those, a lot of those, you know, customs and you know deities that are feminine. You know, it's feminine energy. The, the balance, as you it's were saying balance. before, balance. It's that, it's, that's why I say is there's so many more things that connect us than it do separate us. Unfortunately, we tend to focus on those small things that separate us. Um, And when you start looking at spiritual systems and looking at all the ties that bind them, you know, to me, when I, when I look at it, the commonality of issues happens when we're out of balance, you know, look at yin and yang. um, And they talk about the flow of light and dark and, a lot of times people see that as good and evil and it doesn't necessarily have to be good and evil. There's two right. sides, there's duality in all of us. There's, there's I mean, you know what? And even in, 
Right. And even in even in the African African spirituality, there are deities that can be that can be identified both ways. That mm-hmm. can be identified with the feminine nature aspect of it or the masculine energy nature of it, you know, in one deity. You know, exactly. there's no not in all of them, but just in some that, you know, just to prove what you're saying, you know, that there's a power in that balance. But that's the thing. People have to understand that that's what it is. Um, people have to see that. But to do so, then you are really deconstructing a lot of patriarchal systems that have been in place mm-hmm. with religion for eons. I mean, you're talking about like when, and this is going to get real heavy, but you, you're talking about how for a lot of texts, for, and this is for a lot of the Christian people, for a lot of texts, they talk, um, there, there are texts that are not included in the Bible um, that list Mary Magdalene as a, a key figure in Jesus's camp. Yet, in the books of the Bible that are, are considered canon, she is only a backdrop. Even though, and there's certain clues in there that make you think, okay, something's not right about this. Because even though when Jesus first uh, reappeared, he appeared to her. Right. Not, not to the other ones. <laughs> to her first. Why? If she was just right. a minor person, why? And then if if women, like, you know, when you sit here and talk about um, a lot of Catholicism, and not even just Catholicism, even in, in just in Christianity as a whole, where it had to be a movement for women to be um, ministers and priests and, or, or, you know, you, you couldn't hold the same status. Well, mm-hmm. why is that? Why is it that women, you know, who, who denoted that? Because... You know, you have ancient um, spiritual systems where you had women as shamans or men as shamans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whereas with Christianity, it was like, mm mm, nah, everything's male driven. They, they did male so Male dominated. It's male dominated. Mm-hmm. Did so much to, to ostracize and make women less than, and not only less than, but um, subservient and weaker. And so a lot of those stories are, are kind of played or downplayed, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it just makes you think not to say that it is wrong. It just makes you think, why was it done this way? You know, even though, you know, women have played a key and an integral piece in society in human evolution in society since the dawn of time. Yet, so often, you're seeing men who are looking to stamp out and subjugate women to a lesser role. So much to the point where then you start seeing deities take less of a duality and more of a singularity in just being masculine. Like, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And in the Christian faith, is it is really bad. You know, you have respectability politics. You know, women are to be seen and not heard. 
I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people from uh, from the South that can they can relate to that. They've heard somebody say that. Then why why is that? Why is it that women are to be seen and not heard? I mean, it goes into so many different things when I think about it. Um, like I was talking to talking to some people, and we were talking about the whole respectability politics and dress with women. And, you know, Kiki, me and you talked about it where we were talking and discussing a scenario where a woman wore something that her her husband or her guy felt like was inappropriate. And, you know, I got to talking to some other people and I was like, yeah, you know, you never know. Somebody may want to rape her, have sex with her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, if it was truly, if rape was truly about women's dress, then it wouldn't be women who wore full burkas in the Middle East, covered from head to toe, still getting raped. What's your excuse then? What, she showed too much of her eyelash, eyelids, too much skin around her eyes, showed too much hand. Like, there's always an excuse. Yet it's done to subjugate women. And instead of holding men accountable for a lot of the things that we're doing. And it doesn't, I'm not saying it gives a woman a pass. Yet it is something that definitely has to be evaluated. And we have to look at it and say, why why do we do this? So it's one of, I don't, I don't know. know. And what I was saying was, you know, um, is it, you do have to ask yourself that question. Why, um, why do we do what we do? Do we practice what we practice? Because that's what your mom said. That's what she taught you. That's how you grew up, you know, or is it because, that's just what you've heard you're supposed to do. I mean, you know, you really do. That's why I said I started on my path, my journey to figure out what it is that I choose to seek and, and follow and go with and not just something that was just presented to me as a kid. And that's all I ever knew. Well, there's more to know. That's why this is such a great big wide world. You know, I don't have to stay in that lane unless I come back to it and choose that, yeah, this is really what I want to follow spiritually. This is the lane that I want to stay in. You know, but you, but there's options. Who says that you can't? Where's that law? You know, so, and I mean, some can argue the Bible says you can't serve more than you cannot serve but one God. But then again, who put that in the Bible? Did God really say that? Or did it man being self-serving put that in there? Well, as, the, as a form of control. One of the things that's funny to me, and this is just my thoughts, and I'm not saying that what I what I say is gospel or what I say is, is um, the way it should be. It just makes you think. So one of the first um, lines in... Um, in the Christian Bible, it, it, oh gosh, I'm losing my train of thought, but it speaks, um, oh man, oh, Elohim. Elohim is the, the 
the word that is used for God. And, and one of the first um, lines of the Bible, I have to go back to it um, to find specifically what it is. But it says Elohim, um, when it's talking about God created the heavens and earth. Well, mm-hmm. it's translated into God. God created heavens and earth. Um, yet in Hebrew, Elohim is the plural form of God. Yet the translated version makes it singular. Why is mm-hmm. that? Why is that? But you know, a lot has gotten lost in translation though. A lot. Absolutely. And that's that's my point. A lot of things that we believe, we're not sure why we believe it. You know, my thought is and that... And we're not even sure what we're believing. To be truthful, you know, we're not even really sure what what is what was really real and what wasn't. What was added, you know, what was... Think about the King James Version. And I just found this out not too long ago, that it was translated for King James. Yes. So who can say that when he had it translated that he didn't, you know, add what he wanted in there to be self-serving? He is Absolutely. a king after all. You know, he's a ruler. So why would he want words put in a book that would help the people who follow him, follow him even more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, put that in there. Put that in there. I, I know that's what it says, but change it to this. Who's to say? Right. So how do we know? How do we really know? We don't. We don't. And think about with, with Christianity, the funny thing is, for so long in, in Christianity culture, only certain people were even able to read the Bible. You had to be, you know, either a priest or um, nobility to be able to read the Bible. A lot of it had to be translated for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you couldn't even read it on your own. <laughs> Which also speaks to self-serving, you know, self-serving because being self-servant or whatever, however I'm trying to say, you know what I mean. But right, right. who is to say that those, you know, those educated people, the nobles or the priests, even read it the way that it was supposed to be read because there still could have been something that allowed them to have control and power. So I'm going to tell you what I want you to know. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, Uh, there is no, I don't see that there's a guarantee of, you know, any way to really know unless you start to do research and start to really see what else, you know, what else is out there, you know, that maybe can, you know, speak to you as who you are as a spiritual being. Right. And not get boxed into what we've always been shown, always been taught, always been told. And it takes it takes for yeah. people to truly um, step into that point of just asking themselves that question: Why do I believe what I believe? Um, whether it's with religion, whether it's about you know parenting, whether it's about whatever it is, because a lot of things that we believe are not even our own thoughts. There's thoughts that have been implanted into us. You know, it's, it's somebody else's belief. It's somebody else's ideology is somebody else's thought process and practice you know especially right. like, you know i mean even when we talk about parenting you know um sat there and one of um uh one of the football players is out here you know beating his kid with a belt and and every time he mess up you punch him in the chest where did you get that from oh my goodness right yeah. like like why why do you do that why why do you think that resonates um, to 
raising a child and bringing bringing a child up the right way. It's probably because that was something that was done to him. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Does that make you it know, right? Um, not necessarily, you know, and... Well, it doesn't make it wrong, but it doesn't make it right either. And you have to kind of figure out what 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 is your end goal? <laughs> That's the thing. What, what is your end goal? What are you trying to obtain? You know, whether it's religion, spirituality, you know, parenting, relationships, what are you trying to obtain? And then figure out the best way to do that without hurting others in the process. And I mean, and I do want people to understand, you know, when we're talking about spirituality, you know, you have to understand there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Religion is a doctrine. You know, that's what that's the form of how you choose to express your spirituality, you know, and you got to think that's where all of the, the titles and the categories and the groups and the sects came from was the doctrine itself but being spiritual you know and and if you choose when people because you hear people say all the time i'm not religious i'm spiritual you know and it, there's there's truth to that and i had to really learn that you know because being religious means that you are living your life according to the doctrine to me being spiritual means you are living your life according to your spirit meaning you are being led by a spirit meaning whatever you know it wherever it comes from that's how you're living your life you know, whatever your, you know, that foundational belief comes from, which again is a form of doctrine, it is, but being able to be feeling like you can be free in expressing what you believe and living by that, that's more spiritual, you know, not necessarily going by these rules, you know, I can't, um, I can't, uh, pray in a public place because my doctrine says that I can't with spirituality. I'm, I could be standing in the line at the bank and I'm praying, you know, I can be um, sitting outside on a bench and decide I want to lower my head and say some words of prayer or meditate somewhere, you know, anywhere that I choose to, you know, as long as I'm not bothering anybody. And then instead of getting so caught up with, you know, we can only, you know, the Bible says we can only, you know, it only really matters when we're congregated, when we are in a, you know, place of worship with other people who are like-minded. Why can't I just worship by myself in my living room? You know, again, it's just about how you choose to live your life. I mean, at least that's the way that I see it. You know, when it comes to spirituality that I don't follow all those quote doctrines that I learned of being a Baptist and all those rules about heaven and hell. And if I did this and didn't do that, you know, I choose to not live my life by that. That to me is being religious. Yeah. And that I think is, is a key piece for, for you. And it's good that, you know, you've gotten to that point. There's so many people who they're, they're struggling with that. They're struggling with certain things that don't fit with just their spirit. Yet they've been taught so many different things. Trauma is real, man. And trauma doesn't always have to be um, overt trauma. It can be passive trauma where, you know, you you're struggling because you grew up in a house that told you, um, homosexuality was wrong, or they may not even say homosexuality was wrong. You may have been watching TV with your parents, and then somebody, two men kissing on TV, like, ew, that's disgusting, turn the TV. 
You know what I mean? Or, ew, mm-hmm. I don't even know why they got stuff like that on TV. That's just ridiculous. And mm-hmm. hearing that as a child, you start developing certain little biases and thoughts around it. And then as right. you get older, then you have to unpack that because you're like, you you trying to figure out where does my prejudice or 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 lack of regard for this other person come from just because they like somebody of the same sex. And you're like, you know, my parents weren't, you know, homophobic. My parents didn't, you know, sit here and say, you know, gays are horrible and they need to burn. So where did this come from? And then you have to really unpack it like, oh, wow, it wasn't really overt. It was more of that covert unpack, um, trauma of, you know, that messaging that I received that this is, this is wrong. This is, this is something to be shameful of. This is something that you shouldn't do, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have to, to stay, take a step back. Like I remember um, my, my kids and, you know, I have boys and I'm about to have a little girl, but I have boys. And I remember um, one of my family members was looking at my son and my son had his hand in his pants. And it was like, get your hand out your pants. Why are you touching on it? It ain't going away. I was like, leave him alone. If he want to grab on his, he can grab on his. It's his. You're not about to shame him. As long as he's not doing it in public, he's in his house. He is comfortable. He is in his own space. That is his. <laughs> okay. But real talk, I mean, and that was something too I was thinking about when you were talking about like masturbation um, has been a big thing <clears throat> and shamed a lot of people into, you know, certain beliefs about themselves and, you know, that all feeds into being free, you know, and, and I agree with that. I always told my kids the same thing, but I always told them, you know, you need to do that in your room, you know, where it's just you. And if that's the moment you need to have with yourself, have your moment, you know, but that does not mean that I want you walking around the living room doing that, even though we at home. So I agree with that to an extent, to an extent. So. And what I'm saying is, and I know I understand, then we have to make sure we understand what we are telling our children and and what we end up being their inner voice because it's hard to say hey look you know i want you to be free but then when you're in your space where you're supposed to be the freest and the most safe you still can't necessarily be free i mean but it's about modicum too trip you know what i'm saying I'm there's not just saying nothing not. Things. i'm not I'm, I'm not just saying, saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm cool with my son in the middle of the living room masturbating. I'm not saying that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Saying, but what I'm saying is do not be afraid of your body. Do not be ashamed of your body. If you want to touch or pull or whatever and it's okay, cool. Now if it right. becomes more, then that's different. And then yes, be in your own safe space to do so. Yet I'm not gonna shame you. For you sitting here learning your body, your nipples and things that, like, I remember it was a time, um, like, and this was something I had to teach my son. It was a time I was in the house, chilling, shirtless. And, you know, my son came and he was laying beside me and he was like, Dad, what's that? And I was like, that's my nipple. And he was like, and he started messing with my nipple. And I'm like, no. 
I did not give you permission to touch my nipple. This is my nipple. You don't. You, you can't just walk up on people and start touching their body parts. This is mine. Don't. That's a no. Right. I was like, just like that's yours. Nobody can just walk up on you and touch yours. But if you want to touch yours, by all means, touch your own nipple. See how your own nipple feel. But you don't have to mess with mine. Right. You have a penis. You don't have to walk up on me and grab my penis. No, you need to see your own penis. And you can you can grab it and tug it and whatever. And you see how if you want to twirl it, you can twirl it. But that's yours. And nobody <laughs> else will touch it without your permission, your consent. Just like nobody's gonna touch me without my permission and consent. So I let him know that, you know, your body is cool. Yet your body is not for anybody else's consumption without your permission. And that even belongs with, with dad. Like you can't just walk up on dad like that. You know, at the same time, I'm not going to shame you. Like, ew, stop it. Don't you, that's being sexual. What you, what you doing? That's like, that's the, to me, that then starts building that shame. And I want him to understand okay. that. No. You, this is we all have nipples everybody is born with nipples sometimes they're born with two three or sometimes they're born with one some are inverted extroverted whatever but people have nipples it's not abnormal people have penises and vaginas or vulvas it's not abnormal so you know a lot of you know people will they believe these things about the human body and human sexuality because they've been taught to be ashamed. They've been taught to be afraid. They've been taught that masturbation is wrong. And why were you taught that? Why? And then now you have to do all this unpacking. Yeah, but it comes from that doctrine. That's what it comes from. Exactly. It comes from that doctrine. That's what I've said. I've like, I've got, I've become now I'm old enough. And I've said this, I've said this since I was in my twenties, but if you don't masturbate, I can't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with you, why would I fuck with you? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm good on that. That's a lot of unpacking that's probably going to have to take place. You, whatever, whatever the reason is, whether it's you don't find enjoyment out of it or you think it's yucky or you need to have pleasure only from a penis or, or whatever. It's a lot of unpacking that I just don't feel like doing in my age. I just don't. And that's my choice. You know? Absolutely. Yet, the point of me, me saying that is, why is it that you feel that way? Why do you feel, why do you feel that, you know what, sex is okay, sucking dick, that's nasty. Sex is okay, but eating pussy is nasty. You know, real men don't eat pussy. Like, I know there's still men who think, mm-mm, I ain't eating no box. I don't eat nothing. My daddy told me don't eat nothing. They can get up from the table and walk away. Right. <laughs> okay, so why do you believe that? What? Right. Just because of what we've been taught or heard or seen, you know, um, it, it makes you fall into certain thought processes. And you're right. As as we get older, um, you know, you come to that fork in the road in your life where you realize, I, I don't, this is not what I want to do. This is not who I choose to be. Or you stay on the other path and you continue to be that person uh, until you leave, you know, this place. 
So it, it is about really recognizing within yourself, what do you want? What do you want and who do you want to be? And being free <clears throat> in that choice, excuse me. Um, you know, that comes to opening your mind to, you know, that this may not be the, where I am and what I believe may not be the end all be all that I thought it was, was. Yep. You know, Just so it, it is, it, it covers a lot of different um, areas as far as why do you believe what you believe? And why do you do the things that you do based on those beliefs? Right. Yep. Yeah. Live your truth, so. people. That's the main thing. You know, at the end of the day, you figure out what your truth is, not somebody else's truth. Not your mom's truth, not your pop's truth, not your, your auntie's truth, <laughs> but your own truth. And and start to live that. And in that process that it may be a little scary to unpack these things, you know, sometimes it may be helpful to go to a therapist to help you unpack um, all the things that you may have to unlearn. And it's not, it doesn't make you less of a person. It makes you actually stronger of a person that you're willing to step and face these fears head on so that way you can be a better person. Exactly. And same thing with religion. It's really all about just, you know, go out there and educate yourself. You know, don't be afraid to look into other religions that are out there to see if there might be something else that speaks to your soul just a little bit differently, because I know I was shocked, you know, when I had that experience, you know, with a Buddhist statue, I was just like, wow, you know, maybe there's something else. Maybe there is something else because I can't say that I've ever walked into a room where there was a cross and I felt that, you know, and that's real. <laughs> that's real. So you, you gotta be willing to explore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, it's been a great conversation with you. I've thoroughly enjoyed um, talking about this topic, and um, we'll have to have some guests. You know, kind of bringing some light, shedding some light onto some different spiritual things. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely see if we can find some, and uh, we can we can dive a little more deeper into just the spiritual realm and and how people can just, I guess, incorporate their own spiritual practice into their lives. So, yeah, we'll work on that. But it's Definitely. been real as always. As always. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at lust underscore lies underscore libido. You can follow me, um, Woodsy, W-O-O-D-S-I-E, 422. You can follow Trip. Um, talking is it talk orgasms with trip? Yep, talk talk orgasms with trip. Yep, that's it. Okay, and if you um, and anytime if you need advice, want us to answer a question for you, um, just give us your feedback. You can certainly send us an email. Our email is lustlieslibido at gmail dot com, and you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you listening with us today. It's been a pleasure. We always wish you love, light, and peace. This has been your girl, Kiki. It's your homie, Trip. Until next time. Bye.
Peace. This has been another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to listen on your favorite podcasting platforms. We can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, any other podcasting platforms that you can think of. We're on all of them. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Subscribers receive auto notifications when new episodes are published. Thanks again, and as always, we wish you love, light, peace, and blessings.